0: Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for soul growth. Come journey with us through astrology's energetic cycles and get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars.
1: Happy New Year, everywhere, anywhere. This is December 31st and Hot Cosmos is so glad to able to share it with you with a special panel. We have three of us that will each give our idea of what this 2024 ahead is looking like because there are dynamic changes from formed wavelengths. You could say just with Pluto, but there's other consciousness shifts happening that all add together to make this focus one that's creative and one to get ready, set, go. So with that in mind, I think I'll begin with our introductions. We have here, as soon as we have, the three of us, we have Michael Bartlett, and he you can reach at coremichael.com, and Justin crockett Elsie at justincrockettelsey.com. And of course, for myself, Talk Cosmos, it has it all. And thanks for subscribing. We love to keep in touch. That's where you find out about all these special events. Michael Bartlett is a consultant, author, speaker. He does webinars, workshops, and he does intensives and experiential intensives. Like, and he focuses on esoteric astrology and traditional, along with the outer planets. Highly intuitive, with many years of business experience, and he is also an author of two wonderful books, Astrological Mavericks. Do you have what it takes to change the world? Well, wait and find out. This is your year, folks. (laughs) And the next one is Astral Theater. Now, we have our great panel, Astro Jam. And Michael, this is a great book for it. And so we thank you so much. And Michael was also the past interim president of Kepler College, the great astrology college. And through that offers webinars and workshops. So catch them because they're very good. Thank you, Michael. So glad to have you again. And then we have Justin Crockett Elfie, who is an archetypal astrologer, a consultant, teacher, author, a spiritualist, evidential medium, a yoga and meditation teacher. And he specializes in predictive, electional, and karmic astrology because Justin combines Western, which is an ancient astrology, and modern psychological astrology with Eastern Vedic astrology, which we have many roots with. And he does natal charts, sinistry, draconic charts. That's a whole other thing that's really fascinating. Progressions, transits, planetary returns, you name it, he can do it. And he really works to help your healing and maximize your potential. And because he also has, uh, uh, um, uh, well, he's an herbalist and a certified aromatherapist aroma with essential oils. He can also help uh, prescribe or give you direction on that and does yoga instruction. And besides all this, of course, Justin loves to do research on arcane research and he's a wonderful member of our panels, Archetypal Symbols, and Astro Gem, along with these specials. So thank you, Justin, so much. I know I'm looking forward to both yours. Big talks. I am Sue Rose Minahan, and I founded this in April 7th, 2018, because we have weekly insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for our soul growth. So that has a big umbrella. It'll We're going to enter our seventh season, which is very exciting. And for me, you can see what I have. I have some education and I love the dwarfs. I am involved with Kepler Astrology Toastmasters, which is a wonderful group you might look into. And there on the local scene with Washington State Astrological Association. I'm involved a bit with some, used to be a board member, but now I help before we get to our Zoom uh, lectures. And I write, I'm an artist, musician, mythologist, and a little bit of a philosopher. Okay, so let's get into the real deal. Tomorrow, and we'll bring this up, you can really bring in focus your goals. Archetypal symbols talked about on the 17th, on the 10th, about the new moon in Sag, which is everything about envisioning your goals. Last week with Linda Barry, she talked about the entire season, which again is just full of fruit of promise. So check that scene out. And tomorrow you get a chance to incorporate this. It's $15. You can register. It's online. East West Books has a brand new store for the first time since before COVID. Really big news. up in cute little Edmonds for those people that are local and those people that come to visit because you may come to Norwalk. And you can jaunt up there but anyway both Justin and I will be involved with Denny Luna who has been on this is about the third year now that somehow Talk cosmos has coordinated with east-west books and it's going to be exciting Denny really puts a powerhouse together and this time it has a full backing of east-west books to bring in quite a showcase of beautiful events Justin did you have a comment or should we
2: no, data. it's it's online and and so anybody can can join from anywhere.
1: Beautiful. Okay, I will begin and then we'll segue into Michael and then we'll finish up with Justin. Michael will be talking about Pluto. My point that I want to make because it does ingress again in January to 0 degrees Aquarius. That's the third time of five ingresses at zero degrees. So if you have anything there that's fixed, it's potent. It's going to be resonating. But I would like to address the fact of three of the celestial bodies two outer and then a a centaur Chiron, the wounded healer, the alchemist, the master healer, and Jupiter and uranus this is a rebirthing of identity and healing process at its best picture this is in february chiron connects joints exactly at the same degree as a lunar north node and that will be 16 degrees aries and it's of course it's opposite the south node and it's going to be a very dynamic, rebirthing experience with Homea and Pluto that are always looking for your transformation. It's not a one silver bullet. It's a long process, but this moment is important. And it feeds into the fact that the United States is personally, as a country, having a Chiron return. That's our 53-year, a 50-year cycle that, of course, we've been around now for Several hundred years and it's happened several times, but it's very monumental and it has everything to do about identity. And we'll talk about that a little bit in just a moment. The the significance also is that the first Chiron return for the United States happens to be at a world point for everybody. And I say world point because the entire world is going to experience Jupiter and Uranus in Taurus connecting it's the 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 aspects are full of growth with pluto at this um, activation point wanting to transform what is really going to be a, a creative life force for us we're going to be in a lot of nurturing of our own self with our values and letting go of things. We're gonna, it's dynamic, it's visionary. Neptune's involved, the moon with our history, our past. It's like, who isn't involved? It's a really, dy- as I say, kept saying, dynamic part of life. There'll be many, many talks involving this. And for air er- in Taurus, that's just before Jupiter leaves Taurus because. Later in May, one month later, it goes into Gemini air. And at that time, it's going to team up with other significant changes because Pluto, remember, for most of the year, will be in the air sign of uh, uh, Aquarius. So they're like incompatible energies. And then Sedna is actually the dwarf planet of our soul destiny is going to be in Gemini. This is more to just get, it's like looking at Netflix. Get ready, it's happening. But once we all experience it, we just know that our time is here. It is time to become as conscious as you can. I want to ask first, Justin and, well, maybe I should go to the next. Yeah, Justin and Michael, what your thoughts are about this chironic return that the United States is going to experience. And then we'll go on with it.
3: Go ahead, Michael. Well, I thought I was gonna let you lead. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: well, I um, know you
1: were talking had to do about immigration. So go well, ahead. Well, I think
3: well, I mean, I'm gonna go off on a little bit slightly different tangent than what Justin's gonna talk about because the other interesting thing is is when Chiron connects with the North Node, something very large happens. And like you just said, Sue, with the with it being the world point, I think it's very significant. So one example was when it was in Taurus, we had the stock market crash in 1929. That happened, I think, in late September of 29, just before it happened, just before the stock market crash, And then recently in 2008, we had it when it was in, um, I believe, in Aquarius where it hit and we had um, and we had the housing crisis. So it will be interesting. Justin, I know you have a a pretty articulate and I think thought provoking comment regarding this.
2: Yeah, well, um, Mars actually transits right over that in May. It'll go um, May, May 18th goes right over the North node. And that's like war, you know, that's like Mars right on the North node in Aries is is, is very directional. And then, of course, it'll hit the uh, U.S. Chiron um, and in and, um, and, um, May 29th and. Um, You know, I think we're going to see a lot because this is a fourth house, a home, family lineage. We're going to see a lot of immigration issues possibly come up around this period of time. So we can talk more about that later.
1: Well, it is. And thank you very much, both of you, because the very fact that Jupiter and maybe I can. Oh, yeah, is so strong this year. We want to voice our thoughts and our philosophies and so it's act with mars activating we're gonna people crunch into other people's ideas pretty easily so it's yeah thank you there are oh this happened to be the jupiter Uranus chart for those folks that want to look at it and i'm not going to spend time we have a packed agenda but you can study it and Oh, one point I did want to mention is that in the third time in 2025, remember, the nodes are different, our destiny of where we pass and where we're going with the rulers. So it's going to be a new mix, you know, and both Justin and I, all three of us are going to show how this is a very full year of a lot of thought process, because by the time we get to that point, we'll be thinking differently. We may be at the same spot, but we have a different perspective. And this is one big reason. Mercury always has a retrograde. However, interestingly, it begins on January 1st and ends on December 31st, almost at exactly the same degree, which is in Sagittarius, which looks to Jupiter for its belief structures, philosophies, a law, you know, you know um, higher education. But in this case, it's really our belief structures. And so we, we're going through this entire year with all this dynamics and a lot of personal change because there is a lot of creative flow happening, especially at the beginning here. If you listen to the equinox with Linda Berry, I always try to say we're kind of working in sequence here as how to build our thought, but meaning that personally, ideally, we'll be working on our goals and our dreams and, and manifesting them in a new way But with the fact that it's so collective, Pluto in Aquarius, we're going to have to deal with everybody else and we'll find new communities and our perspective may be quite altered by that time. However, I will say that because Jupiter goes into Gemini, air sign, and there'll be a mutual reception between Mercury and Sag and Jupiter and Gemini. So there's some teamwork here. We'll have to wait and see, but it's going to be uh, 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 going through the maze and coming back and going, okay, I'll write my book now. (laughs) Eclipses. There are four. You can read this in particular. I have the charts. Again, in an interest of time, I've pretty much repeated this. Our first one, and this is with the United States chart as a bywill because it does uh, influence us in particular. So the first is that folks, shall I laugh? I can say that that's a very indication. Our life is not alone. We have progressively this year teamwork and my partner has a certain time at that. So, so much for the little alarm, perhaps you didn't hear it. Okay, quickly speaking, March 25th is a lunar, it's a full moon. And it's going to be in Libra, early Libra, almost six degrees. And the interesting part here is that Jupiter, that is going to be very, uh, is going to be activating. So we have a lot of philosophy and a lot of release because with that South Node, it is conjunct our natal Saturn in Libra, and Saturn in Libra is quite the negotiator it's quite the it's it, it general patent had this it's a good general let's put it that way so hopefully we'll get some good sense here then the next one is a the solar they always come in pairs six months apart and this one is at almost well 19 degrees 24 aries on april 8th and in this case Saturn again is very prominent. What is essential? What is our structure? This is going to be a huge part. I think Justin and Michael are bringing this up too. And a quincunx is something that we need to adjust to. It isn't automatic, they don't match. So it's going to be a a struggle. Yes. And the fact that Mars is with it it is very much where we want to activate. So, and again, this is going to be with our. Chiron return uh, the the sun and moon is going to accentuate our natal chiron so there will be a lot about our identity perhaps as a nation what does that mean September 17th in the latter part of the year it begins again with a lunar eclipse this time in water pisces it's going to be 25 degrees 41 pisces this has big emphasis which is a wait and see, but we can see that immediately we have a dual signature with Mars and Jupiter. You put those together, Mars wants to activate and Jupiter wants needs to express its beliefs. And this is in the seventh house. We're going to be listening to a lot of ideas, ourselves and others. So if we begin at the beginning of the year to realize who we are and what we need to express where tomorrow might help with east west books and it's also a focus on world peace it'll be um, very dynamic last we have the solar eclipse in the first decan of libra 10 degrees and well just over it for four minutes on october 2nd and here macdab exactly is jupiter on our mars so whether it's how we are focusing or what presents from this, along with the fact that the solar eclipse itself is within orb of our natal um, Saturn. So it'll be essential. it'll be ideas. It, again, we're having that chironic return. Look at that. It's it'll be very involved. We'll be definitely engaged, you could say. And I, I hesitate to say how could be quite a lot of conflict. And we're going to try to work cerebally because remember Pluto is in a cerebral non-combative. Aquarius wants to be friends. It's going to want to, but it wants the elevation and it has high standards. So we will wait and find out. Okay. I am ready now for Michael. Thank you very much
3: so well first of all i want to say thank you so much for having me here and i'm very thankful to be here and did it just switch okay um um, unfortunately we lost um, a very dear friend and amazing contributor to the art and science of astrology when aaron sullivan passed away on december 11th of this year for those of you who are fortunate enough to work with her and over the years you She was someone who would have left a a lasting impression on you. She's well known for having written the books Retrograde Planets, The Astrology of Family Dynamics, The Astrology of Midlife and Aging, and Saturn in Transit. Um, Whatever prayers you can send her would be really welcome. All right, so I'm going to be talking on Pluto. And on the 22nd of January 2024, Pluto will return to zero degrees of Aquarius. Pluto will be affecting Aquarius through the 20th of January 2044 when Pluto goes into Pisces finally. but as far as for this year's concern, it's going to be um, going back into Aquarius for Good starting November 21st of 2024. And here's a visual version of Pluto dressed up in Aquarius's outfit in, um, in the sign of Aquarius, making transformation in the ideas of the ways we have brotherhood and fraternities and groups and meetings so when we think of pluto one of the key words we want to consider is um one that i like is an astrologer here in town who i learned from many years ago is tom brady who's not a football star um and his term is the great and terrible simplification i really like that for pluto because it's that one thing that that Whatever it is that we care deeply for um, that we think is so important that will be taken from us And then afterwards we go like oh, I'm so glad that's no longer in my life Um, It's about transformation death survival remover of that which no longer serves us right and the loss of innocence and The issues of power because what we're talking about here is when Hades comes up and takes Persephone down into the underworld Pluto takes away our innocence Um, keywords for Aquarius of course involve right human relationship a prodigal child, being unique, idealistic, humanitarian, aloof, um, loves humanity, but yet doesn't like people. And one of my favorite lines from Aaron Sullivan is, the larger the idea, the more grand the Aquarian, and the smaller the issue, the more petty the Aquarian. Um, also, the one of the benefits that Aquarius gives us is the ability to rise above things. You take a step back to get like a 30,000 foot overview. And Pluto being that planet that is the, on the farthest reaches of our solar system between these two they give quite a purview of width and depth of experience and humanity and when we consider that pluto in this sense has gone through the whole zodiac and is now at the sign of aquarius there's been a lot of awareness and growth that's going on and so we kind of have to look at what's already getting presented, right? We're seeing wars, we're seeing humanitarian crises, we're seeing mass migrations, we're seeing climate change, we're seeing ethnic cleansing, which sometimes is fitting into the wars. Ideological wars, this is an aspect of Pluto and Aquarius as well. The humanitarian crises, this idea of maybe thinking that, um, that some people know better than others, and the migrations of Countries that are being affected by the modern age's need for certain resources that are devastating certain parts of our planet in order for places in the north or, or larger cities to, to be in a better situation than they are. We're also seeing an increase in unionization and successful ones at that, right? With the uh, Screen Actors Guild, the United Auto Workers, FedEx, or was it UPS? I think it was, I don't know why I put FedEx, should be UPS. We're seeing more of the 99% demanding more, the idea of the empowered individual like Greta Thunberg, Kyle Rittenhouse, and seeking new forms of making wealth, such as cryptocurrency, especially while Uranus is still in Taurus. I think we're going to be seeing that worked out. The last time Pluto was in Aquarius was back in April 5th of 1777 through the 25th of December 1798. And when we consider that, it's one of the most war-torn periods in history. There was all this colonization and these ideas of we know what's better than you. This white male idea of going around and taking other countries' resources, manipulating other countries for their oil, for their gold, for their gemstones, for their wood, uh, whatever it may be so back in the back in this time period we're looking at the colonization of america and southeast asia and this time we're really looking at switching into this idea of moon mars and space this larger colonization as well as probably dealing with the ramifications and the um um, the ripple effect of what colonization did as far as slavery and um, taking over uh, other countries' power and resources. I think it's going to be a sort of a, a, a come to come to the moment, or come to Jesus moment, so to speak. And back when we look at this time period back in the 18th century too, we consider it to be the age of enlightenment or the age of reason. This was the stepping away from the... Um, spiritual or actually not spiritual the religious uh, dogma that was at the time that was so controlled by the catholic church and the protestant church and moving into an idea of using reason and science and stepping away from superstition and magic and it's interesting because i think we're going to be stepping into this a new period of enlightenment or age of reason and especially now that we have ai involved Um, The true information age is going to have an issue of being, have a fanatical control over our speech, whether we're plugged in or not. Do we have barcodes tattooed on the back of our neck? I um, if you want to look at movies like V for Vendetta for an idea of what the possibility is when we think that humans are, that our idea is that we need to have safety and security and what lengths we'll go to to, pay, to have that and um, and the rights of our freedom that we'll give up for that. Or the matrix where we're plugged into something we're not even aware and we have to take a pill to wake up into it. Uh, when Uranus moves into Gemini on April 27th and 2026, I believe the shocking transformations, which is the Uranus-Pluto trine going from Uranus in Gemini to Pluto in Aquarius, uh, will be hearkening to some of those energies and memories of what many of us were brought up and uh, were born in back in the mid-1960s um, and having this flow of energy and um, with that air energy, coupled with the uh, great mutation of the Jupiter and Saturn Um, conjunctions that will now occur in air. We're seeing quite a shift from Earth into these ideals, uh, away from, as you even look at this body here in the upper left-hand corner, it's very ethereal. Um, How is it going to change the way our body form is? And Back in the first, you know, how we've been dealing with in life so far is that which has been created by humans, and now we're really stepping into this, that which is created by what humans have created through our robotic forms, through our AI, these things that really don't necessarily need humans in order to keep it going. Um, uh, When we get into nanotechnology is another aspect of this. So, I'm not going to read all of these because people can go back and read, but just for the sake of time, one of the things that's important to realize um, is the stitching that goes back and forth as Pluto goes from Capricorn to Aquarius. One theme that is really strong between the two is they're both ruled by Saturn. Capricorn is going to be a little bit more limited in its idea and its understanding because it's completely ruled by Saturn, whereas Aquarius has the benefit of, in modern rulership, of having Uranus, which gives it this ability to have been built with the proper foundation that saturn gives and knowing what the rules are it can then create something evolve something that is a higher of higher and greater good one of the key issues of stepping into this pluto with aquarius energy is understanding the beautiful brilliant specialness that each and every one of us has but finding a way to to enjoy and celebrate that in a way that does not take away from the collective humanitarian experience it needs to unfold. Meaning that it isn't about one person. Of course, when we're looking at Aquarius, right across the way is Leo saying, me, 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 look at me. It's all about me. But the goal really is about having that balance between the two and making sure that one can experience and express one's full and artful self in a way while being in relationship and working with uh, right human relationship with the rest of humanity. So this is good old Pluto moving out of Capricorn. I mean, sorry, out of Aquarius and moving into Capricorn. We can see a little more rules-oriented, getting back into those structures. I like to think of these times as being really kind of a stitching back and forth. Um, bringing forth these real interesting ideas and seeing how it goes. Um, some of these things are going to continue to deepen and um, and harden and whereas that Uranian ability when it comes into Aquarius is going to be opened up and realized. One of the things you have to be careful of, one of the shadow sides with Aquarius is this idea of we know what is best for you. This comes along from this idea of that um, If I do not like, if I love people, but if I love humanity, but do not like people, then um, I'm probably going to be trying to um, have people do the right thing or do what I think is the right thing for people to (coughs) make into this larger understanding of what needs to happen. So we just have to work out, for, watch out for this, this kind of ideology of what is uh, people knowing what is best for us. On October 12th of October sorry October 12th 2024 Pluto goes direct at 29 degrees of cardinal Capricorn This is a really powerful point this is um it's going to be sitting there for a while. And the interesting thing is, as when Pluto then moves into Aquarius, it's going to be joined with Sun and Mars. So Mars is playing quite an interesting part. And, and Justin's going to be covering that a little bit more in depth. And I'm thankful for Sue's parts on that. But Mars is going to be really playing some interesting presentation of energy on this. But at that 29 degrees of Cardinal Capricorn, that's the anoretic degree, that mastery ship of the masterful Earth. Um, We've been playing with this energy for a little bit already. We're already seeing how these things are going to change on. Um, I think we're going to see a further development of it. I talked about the ideological war. Pluto finally goes into Aquarius for good in 1121-2024. Ideological wars, we're seeing that with um, Israel and Hamas right now. Um, I'm sure there are going to be others. Um, Unfortunately, I perceive that there will be... um, um, greater involvement with the Middle East and so it's going to be very important for everyone to be very careful. There's, it's quite a powder keg of energy that's going on as Sue said with that Jupiter and Uranus. Um, energy going on in Taurus. Um, there can be really quite a, a flash point that can occur. This is really not the place of compassion, of course, because that may come when Pluto finally goes into into Pisces at 2044. I say may become because there's other issues that can happen at that time, but we'll talk about that later on when that happens. But, you know, how are we dealing with and addressing more population with increased automation, meaning loss of jobs? How do we take care of those people, give them the incomes they need? How do we address increased regional national racial religious and gender identification while understanding the greater whole in which each of these exist redress for past atrocities as i spoke to you before addressing uh, mother earth our environment and climate change the information overload which is going to continue to to grow of course and immigration issues um, as justin will talk in a minute and i want to thank you all for joining me and um Look forward to the next step of our talk.
1: Beautiful. I (laughs) thank you. So full of meat. We will be right back. This is Top Cosmos with Michael Bartlett and Justin Clark at Elfie 2024 iHead. So thank you very much. Stay here. We have more to follow up. Thank you. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Capricorn, ruled by Saturn, the furthest visible planet by the eye. By leaving a cycle based on meaningfulness and truth, Capricorn's energy establishes social boundaries in a structure incorporating rules, authority, and ethics. As a cardinal earth sign depicted by a sea goat climbing from the sea up to the top of a mountain, Capricorn overcomes fears through goals and ambitions to achieve mastery.
3: This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to newprosupplements.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, it's Shelter Rescue Sanctuary and anything that helps our animal friends Sunday. We'll bring in the new year by catching up with Meow Cat Rescue, Help Animals India, and animals247.org. Plus, we'll talk to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga and find out about their great classes starting in January. Hope you can join us, Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here in Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150.
0: Hot Cosmos brings insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for the soul growth with hour-long programs every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific on KKNW. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel and Facebook page. While you're there, make sure you click the like and subscribe buttons so you get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. And to find out about upcoming programs, sign up for the newsletter at TalkCosmos.com. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show.
3: Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com.
1: And we're back. This is Ahead 2024. Just as a quick reminder, tomorrow on the 1st, check this out. Register. If you so would like to have this Zoom for an hour and a half about your goals and the piece, and it's a wonderful presentation with our beloved East West Brooks of that area. And check out the store too. Justin will be there. I'll be there. And right now, I think unless somebody has something else that's really happening, we're going to jump into Justin's because he's going to tell us how we're going to activate all these dynamic things. Okay. It's all yours. Marquis.
2: All right, thank you, Sue. So what I wanted to share with everyone today is what Mars is gonna be doing this year. Everybody, a lot of people were so focused on the bigger planets, but Mars is this little guy that's gonna go around and he's gonna be activating everything. So if we could go to the next slide there. So we're gonna look at Mars through the signs. And when we look at Mars, you can look at Mars as this archetype of the warrior. And in anybody's chart, it represents how we take action and effort. So for example, if your person has Mars and cancer, you're gonna be right-brained. You're going to feel it before you take action. Um, but if you've got Mars and Virgo, then you're gonna be a little bit left-brained and you're gonna analyze things and rationally look at things before you make decisions or take action. And in this year particular, Mars is gonna go Starting at the beginning of the year in Sagittarius and in the year in Leo. So if you have your Mars in either Sagittarius or Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer or Leo, you are experiencing a Mars return this year. And the United States is one of those entities that's having a Mars return this year. And we'll talk a little bit about that. A Mars return is where Mars comes back in your chart, the same place it was when you were born. And this can be a, be a time of making decisions, taking actions about things and starting new things. And so we're gonna take a look at that today. And we're gonna basically focus on one major theme today here with Mars. And that is the five outer planets. Uh, Thanks to Michael and Sue, they've already talked a a little bit about Jupiter and Saturn and Uranus and Pluto and Neptune already. And this year, Mars is going to touch each one of those five outer planets. And when it does, it's going to activate them and charge them. And so we're going to talk about those dates and when that's going to be. And so we're going to go ahead and look at those dates now. So at the beginning of the year, January 1st, Mars is in in Sagittarius. And I love to tell people this is a great, great sign Mars to be in as we start the new year because Sagittarius likes to set goals. And so it's it is a really great time to set some lofty goals and really look at the vision of that and try to stick with those. Now, one of the things that's interesting right at the beginning of the year as well is Mars actually squares Neptune. So this is going to be one of the outer planets, which later on it'll conjunct it, then it'll square it near the end of the year. So this means right at the beginning of the year, because Mars represents how we take action and our personal drive and Neptune represents the collective. It just means that we're all kind of going in some ways a little bit different path this year or we're going to be setting different goals. It could also be that any goals that you're setting this year, not everybody's going to agree with the goals that you have. Don't let anybody steal your thunder. So this just means that everybody's kind of going their own direction and way with their goals. And go ahead and stick with those. You don't really necessarily have to go along with the crowd here at the beginning of the year. Now, January 4th, Mars leaves Sagittarius and goes into Capricorn. And, of course, that'll be a great time of using resources in action and taking action. And on February 13th, Mars enters Aquarius. And thanks to Michael, we've already talked a little bit about those Aquarian energies. And it will, on February 13th, conjunct Pluto. So it comes right into alignment, teams up with Pluto there this is a great time to initiate things and start things because pluto is that planet of death and rebirth as michael was talking about and mars is that activation and taking action this is a powerful point in the year i should also say this is actually within six degrees of the united states lunar south node so this will be a time when We'll see new apps, new, uh, new things happening in social media. We may see a new social media happen, a company pop up or one go under, never know about that. But it'll be a great time to really initiate communications in the collective. And uh, we may even see some emerging technologies around this time for yourself personally. It's a great time to change your, your social media or your websites or how you're communicating with others. On March 22nd, Mars enters Pisces, the sign of the fish and the oceans. And then on April 9th, it'll conjunct Saturn because we all know Saturn isn't in Pisces. This is going to be a time when Mars gets into Pisces. It's sensitive. It's compassionate. It has a sense of valor. valor. And so we may see uh, people at this period of time dedicating themselves to something greater. If you were thinking about taking a spiritual course this year or going back uh, to school or or uh, uh, for something spiritual or uh, donating your time at the homeless shelter, this is going to be a great time of year to do this with Mars and Pisces. And it, especially when it conjuncts Saturn. Saturn can be the disciplinarian there and will really open our eyes some, to some things in the collective. It's also good because Pisces rules the imagination and fantasy, is this is the time to really make those imaginations and dreams reality. Because Saturn is a disciplinary, and it says, okay, time to make those dreams and put them into reality. And then on April 27th, Mars hits Neptune. So I started at the beginning of the talk saying it squared Neptune, which means there was some tension, but now Mars conjuncts Neptune. And here, if we've... If we're putting our dreams into reality, we're right in alignment with where everybody's going in the collective. So right around April, a lot of people are going to be on the same track here. On April 30th, then Mars moves into fiery Aries and Mars actually rules Aries. And so this is a really going to be a really powerful time. If you're starting a new business, you know, Aries is a sign of the entrepreneur starting new things and... This is uh, during uh, this whole uh, period that it's in Aries on May 18th. And it hits the North Node, the Lunar North Node in Aries, which is like that warrior and war. And then it hits the uh, Chiron in Aries on May 29th. And this is a good time to heal. If you have Chiron in in, uh, Aries, which is the wound of self, and of course the United States is... As Sue was talking about, has Chiron and Aries. So we're all going to be really kind of looking at the wound in the nation, especially when it comes to our family, because this is in the United States' fourth house. And we'll be looking at family and who is considered a citizen and who's considered family. But if you've got this Chiron and Aries, this is a great time to heal the value of self. And wherever this is transiting in your chart, there could be things that come up for you where you're not valued. If this is transiting your sixth house to work maybe some things that come up where you're, qu- you're questioned whether you're valued at work so even though you may not have chiron in aries it will be affecting you wherever it is transiting now on june 9th mars enters taurus that earth sign and on july 15th mars conjuncts uranus so now here we have another one of the outer planets that already conjuncted um pluto conjuncted Saturn and Neptune, and now it conjuncts Uranus. And Uranus is this planet of rebellion, revolution, and change. And so this is a period where we may see some changes in the stock market, uh, some changes in, as Michael's talking, bringing up cryptocurrencies, because Taurus rules values and resources. And if we look back with that uh, Mars, when it conjunct Pluto in Aquarius, uh, which hits the United States in that second house, There was a lot going on there about values and what are we valuing this year? And this is gonna be a time when we may make some changes to values. I might also mention that this July 15th is the start of the Republican convention this year. And this aspect actually hits Trump's mid heaven in his chart. So if we can just move on to the next slide. And on the next slide in July, and sue brought up a lot about uh gemini we're going to talk about this here on july 20th mars enters gemini and so when mars enters gemini it wants to talk it wants to reach out to people it really wants to get its message out there it's like a uh, kind of a proselytizing mind and during this period on august 13th mars conjuncts jupiter so if you're a writer or a public speaker, this is a great time to do a public speech or to start writing a book or to publish something, publish a poem, publish a book, put out a song. This is all about communications. And during this time as well on August 21st is actually when the, this transiting Mars and Gemini hits the United States, Mars and Gemini in the seventh house. So what we see here in August and which by the way is right around the time of the democratic convention here in the United States what we see here is there will be a lot of voices in the collective might be the time when you feel like you have to turn the news off it's gonna be just one caphony of voices right around, around this period of time and if you have anything in Gemini very powerful time for communications then what happens near the end of August August 23rd Mars again third 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 aspect with Mars and Neptune here comes back and squares Neptune again Uh, right as it like it had at the beginning of the year but now it's here in Gemini and it's squaring that Neptune which means right after these conventions boy everybody's gonna be going in different directions and not everybody's going to be on the same sheet of paper here. Now what happens near the end of the end of the year here and this is really important to think about Mars started off the year really strong but as we move towards the end of the year Mars being that planet of how we look at forward action and direction, it starts to slow down. It enters Cancer. And then on October 13th, the day after Pluto goes direct, thank you, Michael, for October 12th there, Mars opposes Pluto. So what does this mean? This means it's almost like two cats with their tails tied together. It's like Mars's is not gonna be able to move and Pluto is not gonna be able to move. It's like we're all in a boiling pot and we can't get out of it. So it's gonna be a time that things slow down. And on November 3rd, Mars enters Leo. And on December 6th, after the election, Mars goes retrograde into the new year. So what does that mean for all of us? That at the end of the year, we are going to be evaluating our direction. No matter what happens with this collective, uh, this uh, election, a large part of the collective is going to be thinking, hmm, I can't move forward in this year. And they're going to be evaluating the direction, at least until February. So stand by, put out those dreams and goals. And on the next five slides, we if we could just show those. Oh, yeah. Really quickly there. I, I just for the people that are going to watch this video later, Mar- this is the chart for mars conjuncting pluto on the february 13th at 106 a.m in washington dc and this is the washington dc chart and then on the next slide we have mars conjunct saturn on april 9th as i talked about at seven thirty nine p.m in washington dc and then on the next slide we see mars conjuncts neptune on 4 27 at 9 20 p.m in washington dc and then Mars conjuncts Uranus at, on July 14th, 10.59 p.m. in D.C. And then the last slide is Mars conjuncts Jupiter on August 13th at 10.32 a.m. in Washington, D.C. And that is your Mars talk for Mars to the Signs in
0: 2024.
1: Woo! Woo! Yeah, I know. A roller coaster, except it's such a natural event em- evolved progress of going to the thought right Jupiter that really is standing what's our belief systems and and all this experience is going to be we have to go it's, it's so similar to as you had pointed out last time during uh, the revolution you know back in seventeen hundreds when we were not all on the same page. Renaissance yeah. comes out of it, but it's, it's um, so right. really the ticket is for us to get centered, to know what our path and yeah.
2: Yep, Sets. this is gonna be a great year to accomplish some things With with Mars going from one fire sign to the other fire sign and hitting all of those outer planets. It's gonna be a great year for our artists, for starting new businesses, because when that hits that Aries, that's like new new enterprises, um, great year. A lot of communications in the collective. It's gonna be a lot of voices this year. Um, but um, but the end of the year is gonna be, we need to get settled before that, because the end of the year that Mars goes retrograde and it's gonna be like, hmm. now I don't know which direction I'm gonna go for the new year. And so things are gonna slow down a little bit. And we're going to be doing a lot of rumination near the end of the year. I'll just put it nicely that way.
1: Just <laughs> like with Mercury. Mercury is also part of that package. Mars and Mercury in their own methods are are helping us. But then there's a lot of help along the way. Like with Jup, not Jupiter, but with Pluto being in air along with Sedna are. You know, when I say help, it isn't always what we, in our minds, consider to be helpful. The <laughs> universe managed to conspire. And I think adjustment. I know that that was a word that came out. I think you've said that too, Justin. But Linda was mentioning that, that there's a lot of adjustment.
0: You know, and-
2: yeah, that actually... It's it's funny that Mars, when Mars conjuncts Uranus, because Uranus is about change, that's an adjustment. And in the Sabian symbols, that is oh, the yeah. meaning for that, that degree of Mars versus Uranus, uh, Uranus. conjunction is adjustment.
1: Yes. So, w- and what does that mean? It means that we all have something fixed in us. We're not all mutable, d- despite some of ourselves, like myself. I have some fixed areas. And it's amazing when I realize that's been my problem some resistance <laughs> i got to readjust and and it doesn't matter mean going to somebody else's way it's like what is it within that i am not seeing that perhaps i don't need to stay attached to that is, and that's
2: that Mars squaring Neptune. We need to kind of look more at our own individual personal desires and actions. And we don't necessarily have to be doing the same thing everybody else does, like you said.
1: And that's also, I think, with that new moon that we just had that this second is that one of them, whether it was a Sabian or something was saying, there was a lot of diversity of projects. And your project, our project, my project, whatever it is, is right. So ourself.
3: And that Mars is really, you know, what are we devoted ourselves to? What are we, what are we putting ourselves to? What are we are inserting ourselves into, and what is being inserted into us? Right, right, absolutely. Those glyphs always really show, you know, quite a, quite a bit of of what the intention of that planet has. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I yeah. think meditation, taking a moment to pause. Mm. We all know that meditation is the real salvation of finding our own soul. And as our agendas get activated with other responsibilities and whatnot, taking that time to stop, because I know that the New Year isn't that far away. And I have several uh, events where I have to come up with thinking about what my new cause is or how do I re- My cause. And it it takes a little time.
2: Right. Well, you know, in our discussion before, so you were looking at that one of the major themes this year was building. Mm -hmm. You were talking about building was Mm -hmm. one of the earlier when we were talking about one of the major themes. And so there's there's this process of evaluation and building new things, and then, you know, adapting to those changes this year and being creative but building was one of the things because that that uh, Jupiter and and Uranus and Taurus that you were talking yes. about. Yes,
1: and really, if we think about the fact that we can e- 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 e manifest these dreams and find a pathway, one step and just the feeling of that step to activate, that's the key to manifestation. Then that's very exciting. It motivates us. Yeah, Thank you for this. Yes, do realize that Your subscription to the newsletter keep you in touch because Top Cosmos is always evolving. We're coming up with ideas. We have our panels, but we are wanting to connect. So thank you for that. Um, Michael and Justin, any great... Oh, a puppy dog. Yes, I love a puppy dog. (laughs) (laughs) Our help from our friends. A friend in need is a friend indeed, I say. And I think that's a lot of it. Finding our community, finding where is our voice really being heard and we can have connections and complementary action, right? I'm like tonight, this was really super. I loved hearing each one of your individual directions. And
3: well, Happy to- New Year, everyone. Wishing you yeah. all just the most beautiful blessings that we can all imagine. Yep. yes indeed go out there and create this year that's, that's what we need to do
1: and if we see you tomorrow at east west hallelujah otherwise find your place and love it
0: mahalo Thank you for joining an insightful conversation on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests awaken consciousness by connecting soul growth patterns with astrology's energetic cycles. Be sure to tune in next Sunday, 1 p.m. Pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.